Celebrity makeup artist Nikki DeRoost and beauty industry executive Sari Francis are the co-founders of the SPF makeup brand CL Cosmetics. A brand that was three years in the making, CL launched in Sephora in August and I cannot wait to share their story today. Hi everyone, welcome to Founder Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs about some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success, and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or you're simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's delight to welcome our guests for today, Nikki and Sari. They are the co-founders of CL Cosmetics, the game-changing line that debuted in August with SPF-driven makeup certified clean at Sephora. Nikki is a makeup artist with over 18 years in the industry, collaborating with leading brands including Bobbi Brown, Chanel and NARS, and working with A-listers including Bella Hadid, Rosie Huntington-Whiteley and Hailey Bieber. Sari is a beauty exec, developing some of the industry's biggest makeup brands including Hourglass, Stila and Rowan Beauty, where she met Nikki. Sharing a passion for skincare and beauty, they noticed a gap in the market for everyday makeup products that were acne safe and added extra layers of sun protection. CL was three years in the making before launching and let me tell you it was worth the wait because they truly have hit the sweet spot between the best formulation for a foundation and a sunscreen. And let me tell you, this is probably just the beginning and we're going to get all into it in our conversation today. So Nikki, Sari, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. We're so excited to be here. This is fun. Yes. Well, <laughs> Already. I have to remember sometimes when I do this, I forget that I'm a host of a podcast and I end up like, oh, this is like an hour Zoom call with a friend. And then I'm like, totally. did I even get all the points? But I'm going to try to be disciplined and uh, I know you have a brand to build. But before, before I get started, I ask all my guests the same question. So I'm going to ask you, I'll start with Nikki first. So um, you have a bit more time to think about your answer, um, Sari. But um, Nikki, who are you in a nutshell? Oh, wow. <laughs> you're, you're, That's it. Straight to the point. I'm going for it. Right there. Okay. Um, I would say that I'm a passionate, enthusiastic, um, warm innovator. And I choose to take the harder path, but with the bigger reward. And I like to do it with integrity and with love. Love that. And well, Sarah, you know, you know the deal. I think I'm somebody that rarely says no. I like, I, I like to try everything. I'll put myself out there. Um, and I take the good and the bad that comes with that. And more often than not, saying yes has provided me like such cool experiences from like travel to meeting amazing people to getting opportunities to work with amazing brands. So I think that's me. Yeah. Well, there's also a lot of synergies in those answers already. So I'm, I'm, that's why I'm not surprised you guys made that perfect co-foundership. Um, I, I want to, normally I start like in starting by the childhood and moving, I'm going to do a bit topsy-turvy this time and just go with what I feel. So I want to first ask, how did you guys meet? Okay. <laughs> so we actually both used to live in Salt Lake City, Utah, 
And Sari is actually a professional athlete. She's a rock climber. I was a pro climber. So I was living there. Yeah, competitively climbing and developing areas and teaching Pilates. Yeah. (laughs) So on the side, she was teaching Pilates and I was in my Pilates era. So um, she happened to be a Pilates instructor of mine. And um, we both moved to L.A. within three months of each other. But we weren't like very we were friendly, but we were not friends in Salt Lake. We had totally different lives. And so when we moved here, I I was here before and I said to my class, like, if anybody's ever coming to L.A., we have this back house. You can stay with me. Like, and I get this call and it's Nikki. And long story short, she got to L.A. We stayed up till three in the morning talking. We're like, how are we never friends? And like on a funny side note, I actually I worked at Hourglass and I met Carissa, the founder of Hourglass, teaching Pilates. So never say no to things because Pilates, I had a degree in psychology and was like, that was just a side thing I did. But we've been inseparable pretty much ever since. And yeah. I knew Nikki was always going to like do something. And I was like, when you're ready, I'm like, I'm here for the ride. <laughs> I, I love, well, Nikki, have you ever been rock climbing with Sari? Uh, I, 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 I tried bouldering once, which is when you're not like attached yeah. to the rope. And I, she, was, she has, look at these hands. These are not climbers. No, cal- any cal- no, no calluses on them, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you, do you rock climb? I, I, you know what? I, I do a lot now since COVID. Um, I found myself bouldering like three, four, okay, not rock climb, bouldering three, four yeah, times I, a week. And and I love it. I'm like, um, yeah. So next time I come, I mean, I need to get back into, uh, uh, I switched it to hiking. I'm doing Everest base camp next month. So I've just started to hike a bit more than, um, than climb, but, uh, I, anything outdoors, mountaineering, it's like, I think one of the most connected spaces to like just nature, but also in the form of meditation for me. I'm sure you feel the same way, Sari. It's like, and I surf. yeah, you forget it's time. Similar. It's like you, there's a community, but it's still really your own thing. And that's, yeah. Really- yeah so that she's like my secret weapon because whenever we go to parties especially when it's like men that are like you know i'll be like how many pull-ups can you do and and they'll be like whatever whatever they say and sari's in like this fabulous outfit and then she starts doing pull-ups and can beat all the men and i'm like that's my girl i love it most people have a party trick like my party trick is sarah you just like here you go to do do your do put a pull-up competition um but it is true like i think there's a lot of transferable skills with these hobbies that we have outside of our businesses that can really be um, when you realize how to channel them, like whether it's determination, t- teamwork, um, you know, there's a lot that you can take from it, but you should also protect and have those because they're needed to balance. Um, sometimes when we start a corporate job or we go into creating something, we we lose those hobbies. We don't make time for it, but it's so important to continue it, I think. Um, and then allow space for new hobbies for, and learn from each other. So I love that we be talking about this at the beginning because... Sometimes we go straight into the business and then we forget about the importance of this, which we don't talk about a lot, right? What get you to the business. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, So I I guess I I do want to talk a little bit about childhood because, I mean, Fable Main is really inspired by our childhood memories. And I think when you have these early memories of, of a certain industry, it can often translate later into something. And for me, I never thought of it as, oh, 
this is beauty and I'm going to work in beauty. And I, I was an engineer for four years, but I've now found that connection from my childhood memories. Do you guys both have like fun childhood memories of beauty that have kind of stuck with you today? And you can yeah. answer whoever first. Yeah. Mine is, is, is why I am who I am. My, my mom was a hairdresser and we had a salon in our basement in the eighties. So from the time that I was born, cause I'm the youngest of three, she would have me on her client's laps doing perms and I'd just be sitting there like talking while she's doing hair. And so it's always just been a part of my life. And I would grow up watching her cut hair and I actually used to be a hairdresser as well. And so I, um, my mom is like where I get all my creativity and my eye and my love for beauty, because that's just, you know, from the way our house was decorated to, she always had nail polish and we always had our nails done. Our hair was always done. Like that was just a big part of our lives. And when I was 12, she took me for my 12th birthday to get makeup for the first time and also skincare from age 12. And so that was like, it was just, it's who I am and definitely it all comes from her. Oh, I love that. That's the creative part. And then my dad, that's where I get my speaking skills. So I have a little bit of both from them. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. Like at 12, like most people want a phone and you're like, can I get my makeup? You know, yeah. Really yeah. Totally. <laughs> I love totally. it. <laughs> and how about you, Sari? I think I wasn't like beauty wasn't, I fell into beauty, but she I, was a hippie rock climber. I like, rock climber. But <laughs> I definitely like my father, knew what he wanted to do when he was 13 and he's 75 and he has, it's been his passion his entire life. Like he's never wavered from it. I've, I'm, I've actually, other than Nikki, like there's very few people I've met that really have known from like such a young age that that's what they want to do. But I think just trying to find something that resonates with you. And so that's been very important to me and yeah. I never thought beauty would be and it ended up, I think the building of it all. So yeah, Sari's mm. such an entrepreneur and she's had so many different types <laughs> of businesses with the always saying yes, um, yeah. that it's just, yeah. it's her spirit is, you know, building and, and putting in the grind. So yeah, yeah. thanks. Yeah. thanks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. And and also, I mean, going back to the rock climbing, I mean, they say chalk calcium carbonate is amazing for improving your skin barrier and you're purifying your skin. So you had a lot of good, I guess, uh, <laughs> skin growing up with all the chalk and all the climbing so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that always does count too um but then I know you guys had such impressive careers um that can't be summarized in a nutshell but if I was going to be strict on timing and say if you can summarize your careers in a couple of minutes maybe you can both take a little bit of a moment to tell us about your impressive careers to date um so I have always beauty was it for me I knew that that's what I was going to do um and even from probably 18, I remember looking at those those magazines that are like white label, your own brand or whatever. And I was like, I, I'm going to have my own brand. And I used to look at like covers of Vogue or different magazines and look at the makeup. And I was like, I can do that. And I'm going I'm going to have my work in a magazine. And so I, w I would always say these things to my friends, not really understanding what any of it really meant. But um I've kind of had that compass in my head the whole time. And so I lived in Utah until I was like 27, um, moved to LA, started from the bottom again, um, and really retired hairdressing, even though I had worked 
uh, in the beauty counters at Nordstrom. I get ready to cut my hair there. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had kind of worked the retail side of it, which was like amazing training because you understand that side of the business. Um, and then when I moved to LA, I just, and I had always told Sari, like, I'm going to do Instagram because I need to like make my presence bigger. This was 12 years ago. So yeah, like, so I yeah. was like, <laughs> I'm going to have a blog. I'm going to have a YouTube. I'm going to make Instagram. And it was all because I had this idea that I wanted to have a brand. Um, and so I actually started um, when Sari was at Hourglass, I had started a brand called Rowan Beauty. That was my first kind of dip into cosmetics. Yeah. And it was my baby. It was a big dip. Yeah, it was a big dip. So I started that in, I mean, I started working on that in like 2016 or 17. And um, mm-hmm. Sari had always told me when, when you start your own brand, like, let me know. I'm going to come, I'm going to come work for you. So that was uh, really, I, I, it's, it's a amazing story, but it's a really sad story because it didn't end the way that I would want it to end. But essentially that was, um, where I got all my training and all of my learning and, and so many, I mean, it's why we have the relationship with Sephora. We have like so many amazing relationships and things came out of that as horrible as it was to like have to watch your baby get taken away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, but I, it, it really kind of helped me have a lot of confidence and double down on where my strength is in the industry, which is innovation, you know, without knowing what I was doing, I innovated a new type of eyeshadow that no one had ever seen before. So within three weeks, we had Sephora, we had Ulta, we had all these people wanting to Mecca. wanting to have us um, in their stores. And um, I was like, Oh, I think we have something here. And so um, just to be quick about that, I um, had I I basically took money from the first people that offered it to me, and it wasn't the right fit as far as an investment went, and it was going in a direction that wasn't true to who I was as a founder, and so um, I had to make the really tough decision to walk away, and um, you know it it was the hardest thing that I've ever done. It's really vulnerable, especially when you're you know, someone that creates something to have to walk away. But it also gave me the biggest confidence in the world that I was like, oh, I've done this once. I can do it again. And I have so much support around, like, you know, everyone was... I think, not so, but I think as hard as it was, obviously, like, the community, like, the beauty industry, our retailers, friends, people that really had watched Nikki grow, they know the story they of knew. Exactly. And like, while maybe the consumer doesn't, I think knowing like your peer, like having the support of your peers and like Sephora and stuff always behind you, as hard as it was, I think was also like, yeah, it, it no, helped, it, it helped it, soften the blow. Yeah, it gave me a lot <laughs> of confidence because I was like, wow, okay, people are really interested in what I'm doing and they want to see it. And so I'm going to do it again, you know? And so from that moment, I mean, we're like going on a, on a, this wasn't, this is like your question, but not your question, but. <laughs> no, 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 but it's a part of it for sure. Yeah. 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 So from there, that was when Sari and I sat right behind us at this table. Three years there. For three years. <laughs> and we're like, okay, what are we going to do next? Like, and that in itself 
is a journey that we can get more into. But so, you know, that was a big part of my career. And then I've been lucky enough to really work with, you know, incredible brands along the way. I'm a global artist in residence for Bobby Brown. And, you know, I get to work with these companies that really support female entrepreneurs. And, you know, they're not intimidated by the fact that I have my own brand. They're excited about it. And, you know, and it's training for me. I get to understand from like a corporate umbrella how to grow a beauty business or how to what to do. And so that's really like, I can't believe that I get to be a part of that and like really understand it from the other side. So, and it's, and it's also good subconsciously we can, I used to work uh, um, in, in Leicester Lauder and Dior for many years in the head office. And you let to take the beauty of us having this experience. And even if you're lucky to have this continued experience, cause it's real time is you get to know what you want to do and what you don't want to do. Right. As well. Opportunity as as new brands and and new founders to kind of shift into a different way of doing business, right? Not not that it's bad, but it's just you know it's a newer we can pivot very quickly. yeah it's a newer generation of like how to how to look at beauty. Whereas like it's we should be inclusive of all brands and not be as competitive. And there's room for everybody, and there's ways to really be like play together, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, one thing, I don't know if you, again, it's, it's a very off topic conversation, but like for me, I've noticed, um, I have this whole motto of more collaboration, less competition. And I really genuinely feel founders like ours, like our size businesses, we're so much more collaborative and supportive, but, um, it's funny. The corporates I used to work for are the ones I'm finding that kind of corporate oh it's a competitor it's a you know it's it's like it's that old mentality so sometimes you need to escape that mentality um because I remember when I was in these corporates I was looking as much as I came in thinking let's look forward you're forced and trained to look left and right first like a traffic light right but actually I didn't want to do that I was like why do I care if this brand does it first like I want to why can't we be the first and ultimately and there is still an industry out there often with these big strategics that still look left and right and are now looking at the smaller players. And we're like, okay, hello, but like, I have like this much budget and I have like this much team. Like, let me be a little bit on my own, you know? Like, I'm not that much of a tech. Cool, I appreciate it, but no, not yet. Um, But they are looking. And I think it's sometimes important to, as a smaller brand, to find our tribes in similar sized agile companies that we can um, protect ourselves because I've seen conversations where it's like big conglomerates that have got multiple brands are going to big retailers and saying, look, we will, like, if you take all of our five brands, great, we'll give you much more investment, but stop prioritizing this and this small new brands because they could one day be our threat, right? And I've heard these conversations and I think that's where I, I want to kind of make a syndicate of us where we kind of all like, hey, we're going to help each other. We're going to support each other. And not only that, let's all work together to make the industry better, right? More sustainable, share resources, because we won't, we won't, in three years time, we won't have all the raw materials that we want. We won't have, we'll have more legislations that we need to collaborate and talk and not be like looking so much in the kind of competition side of things. So, so it's good that my whole point of this segue was it's important to say, because we need to remind ourselves like, we are on a new chapter now with our 
own yes, brand totally. and we can make the rules. We can do what the hell we want and we can help. We are making the rules. Yeah, we are making that <laughs> completely. But I, I do want to talk about now the, you know, from this exact space where you had your first meeting to three years in the making to then launching now at Sephora. I mean, this is like, just take a moment just in silence and just breathe in that moment because this is such an incredible you should just be so proud and, and we and I can say the same I mean I can even say if I did the same I, for three years it took us and we launched in Sephora day one and it's just it's like not everyone like uh, we don't get to remember that feeling always and it's such a thing we should be proud of and so just well done but also I know a lot of hard work went into this so tell us sort of that journey before where we are now well I think that <laughs> when we started we're like we have to do something like we, day after we we're left. both we're both Aries so it's like we're like yeah. we need it now um and, and a little, COVID had just hit yeah. I can tell you we yeah March it was like March 14th is like yeah. oh my god 20 yeah and and this is like my ride or die because when I when I had to exit Sari was like I'm coming with you and it was like we we exited and then the next day we're like okay let's get to work uh, we don't, no time to waste yeah we don't know what's going on in the world but let's get to work and um in the beginning it was like a little bit more hasty because we were just like we can do this what again we're we let's do? let's let's start a brand right now blah 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 and so there were a lot of iterations there were, there were things there, there were things, things. <laughs> there were like at first during covid we were like let's launch like a really beautiful brush set that's like because we were thinking, what's the easiest way back into the market when we don't have investors, we don't have funding? What's the way that like a small imprint that we can do that that we could quickly. grow it quickly? Right. And then, yeah, so we started there. And, and I think for, <laughs> for Sari and I, what we've really learned on this journey is that we really trust in like our angels in the universe. And we've been redirected a lot by, so by different um, hardships that like. Now we look back and we're like, That's, we were being protected. Yeah. And even <laughs> when it would be happening, we're like, well, clearly there's a bigger plan that we don't know about, but we're just going to, you know, accept this and move forward. But like, for example, with our brushes, we got to production and I was... So for viewers, like when you go into production, before they are like basically packed and shipped to you, they send you line samples. You know this. So they pull off the line. So we had the line samples. Like I have worked with our vendor, our freight forwarder, things are getting shipped. And and I had a big photo shoot that I was working on. And so the night before my shoot, I was like washing all of my brushes, which were the ones that we had made plus, um, you know, brands that I've had forever. And I get to set the next day and I'm, I'm looking at my brushes and I have cracks in the handles and I'm like, I, at first I was like, oh, it was just like a one-off. And then I start looking and all the brushes that I had washed had cracks. Major cracks. And so I was like, stop the line. Like, <laughs> I'm at home like pulling my brushes. Like, do like, and then you start, right? Like a, the two of us are on an investigation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it turns it into, like the vendor essentially like gaslighting us <sighs> and telling us that it's the way that I want. Oh, we know that I washed my brushes like, and I'm like, you can't wash the brushes in warm water. We're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And so, <laughs> you know, a, a chunk of money to our lawyer later, we were able to get out of that. So that was like, 
the first no. That was the first test, right? The universe's test, the first one of many. Yes. Um, but yeah. So then we, I should say, just obviously there's always difficulties and there's always things that you have to navigate. But I have found like with the things where it seems like there's always a lot of friction mm. or you're up against something, like those are the things that like need to start being as I said, I never say no, but like, that's like the sign that like this, maybe we should be doing something else because I feel like the brush situation from the get go wasn't necessarily as smooth sailing as even building yeah. a like color cosmetic line. Has yeah. Been, yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, it's a sign. Yeah. It's a sign. Yeah. yeah. So we did that and then we started working on another product that we, which I still am obsessed with. We, we love <laughs> And we produced, so we have 15,000 units in a warehouse of this product and our trademark for our name didn't go through. So the prop, yeah. So we had a name before CL. <laughs> and if you know about trademarks, again, for viewers. Yes, I do. Yeah. Like, yep. You yep. put your, you do, you spend a lot of money to make sure that it, you can probably get it and it can take a year or so to find out that you're going to get it. And, anyway, and we had like done, done all the, all the, the steps, the, the checking, making the, sure it was going to go through, you and know, it was COVID. So things were already backed up. And anyway, the name ended up not passing because at some point in the middle of the process, the somebody that had a similar, a different name that was already trademarked registered a, like a sub trademark. Very similar. So anyway, it was just one of those things where, we're like, yeah. oh my God, like, I'm like, can I sell these to TJ Maxx? Like, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. What do we do? Because yeah. it's printed. Yeah. yeah. So another really expensive mistake for us. Did not have SPF in it though. But it this didn't is- have SPF. So, so from okay. there, and I had always said, I was like, all I want to do is make a blush with SPF. Like, why does that not exist? Because this is where, as I'm getting older, this is where the discoloration comes on my cheeks from the sun. And like, why are there not more products with SPF in it? And the reason why is because it's hard and most chemists will... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, most chemists will... Will say run away from it. Yeah, Yeah, because it's so much work. Yeah, and so (laughs) we finally were able to find a lab that is amazing that could create what I wanted to create. So, and we had pitched the previous thing to Sephora and Sephora was like, this is why I love. Uh, so they were like, "We love you guys. We believe in you guys, but it's not like we're not. This is not it. Like the, it's not quite there. It's not tightened up. Like mm-hmm. your story. Like it's it. Like we understand that you are passionate about acne safe and clean, but like it's not quite. It, it doesn't move the needle enough. Hitting the mark. And I think in our again, I, I think we knew this, but again, we're like we need to do something. Yeah. <laughs> And so we went back to the drawing board again and we started working on the SPF and, and started coming up with these amazing formulas with our chemists. However, we were linked in with kind of a third party that packaging company that introduced us to the lab, if that makes sense. And so, and so we started, we were going to do um, ocean plastics and it was the so ocean plastics are like components that are made with recycled. They have a facility that takes 
plastic from the ocean, recycles it into what then we can use and put on the market. And it's like 100% recyclable and has come it's from like a 360. So we were... We Very were, cool. Yeah, it's amazing. The, the concept is amazing. And the supplier that we were doing ocean plastic with couldn't... I mean, we were waiting six months for a, a prototype sample and then of the costs packaging. that were coming in were, it was like, it'll be this. And yeah, I can imagine. But we ended up with the tool. Yeah. So, so then $60,000 later, we were able to get out of having that third party because she wasn't able to deliver the packaging. And that was not easy. But we have, a, we own a tool somewhere. I was like, can we re- like take the, the metal and recycle it? Like what do we do with this thing? <laughs> what can we do? I know. We ever have an actual office. <laughs> yeah. And so we, we were able to get out of that relationship. I had to, to beg the lab to work with us because you know, I, and I understand it. They're really, so really loyal sure. about like, okay, well, this person introduced us, you know, and, and so I had to beg the lab to work with us. They agreed to. So at this point, we had already pitched to Sephora and they're in and they're down. But now we don't have packaging. We have a formula, but we don't have packaging. And of course, Sephora loves the ocean plastics. And we're just like, oh, my God. Yeah. And so this was, I mean, essentially a year ago, we had just gotten out of that relationship, more lawyer fees. And um, I basically in two months was able to find these different suppliers, also had some angels that are in the industry that were that shared like their contacts, their contacts. And, um, we were able to get into production to, um, get us out. And all of our, like our serum component, our blush component is all recyclable. It's still, it's not, it's not made from ocean plastics, but we still, that was important to us. And it's still, you know, we tried to stick with that as much as we could. So that felt nice. Yeah. Long story short, we've been on quite the the journey, but it's been really beautiful. Because People are going to hear this and be like, "Do we want like the, this? Is crazy?" No, but it's, it's- this is the, this is what people will love even more because it's like you show determination through everything to continue and uh but also there's so much transparency in this conversation which i think is what everyone's yearning for because it just shows how involved you guys were like that's why i'm now going to be more obsessed with cl cosmetics because i can tell like you guys did it all like you things that the things you're saying it was you know half the brands yeah, out there april yeah it was just, it was the just two a two of us yeah and but it, the thing is it's we're like we're, we have such a high standard that it's, it's like anything that we're going to put out in the world really has to, to move the needle. It has to be worth it because there's a lot of products in the industry. So if we're not able to deliver quality, if we're not able to deliver something that people don't have to us, there's no, yeah, there's no purpose. And so I longevity in that is, you know, like grow and keep growing with, the ideas that we have. Yeah. yeah. So I think that we really, really think about every every detail, every step. And I have to show. So do you see the color of the chairs? Yes, yes. Do you have packaging? Do we have a packaging? Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. It's the dark green. Yeah. It's so beautiful. 
it literally is like um was this your mood board this this office where you met like, obviously it is a bit but like i think it's just like what we love you just feel through it colors you like it just kind of yeah happens. but um it's been amazing to get to where we are and it's been really exciting obviously we're we're really fortunate to have the support from Sephora and have that, you know, working relationship and also the trust. I mean, they really, I think, value, um, you know, they get pitched a lot of things. And I think to like, basically like let us keep coming back to them. Yeah. But but it's also one of those relationships where they really respect my point of view on formula on, you know, and it's not just like, filling a, a hole for One them day. where they're like, we need a lip gloss. And I'm like, okay, I'll make a lip gloss. Like it's, I'm like, this is what we need next. This is what is missing. This is my passion. And they're like, great. I think like, we'll always have a like tighter line. Like I, we, I don't see it. Maybe never, never say never, yeah. but like doing color stories or things like that. It's definitely like your essentials with some hundred percent. I mean, this is the beauty within the kitchen, right? When you get to, when the, there's a few brands that are exclusive with Sephora, they get to go really deep in. You just, you do create magic. Yes. Yes. Uh, one thing I want to ask you guys, and I'm sure I know the answer anyway, but like, it's good for people to hear because obviously you've had a lot of, uh, I would call them obstacles along the way that um, you've decided to continue pushing through. And a lot of people hearing it might not have the patience, the guts, the confidence to like, you know, push through after one or maybe two, they'll be like, oh, this isn't for me. I'm giving up. But what I love is where you are today versus what you've done. I want to ask you a question. Like, would you today seeing, and this is all very fresh. This is the last couple of years, one or two years. Would you change any of those mistakes or would you say, nope, it needed to happen? It's been remarkable, the the feeling of creating this brand, because I think Sarah and I have really just, it's been not only for professionally but personally it's really taught me to kind of like breathe through things take a step back like there's a solution to everything right like we're always going to have obstacles but I feel like it's kind of toughened us up in the sense that like nothing's a 911 right like we actually were supposed to launch in Sephora with three SKUs and online with four one of the SKUs that was supposed to go in store um we found a problem at the very last moment, again, off the line, the, the line pulls. So it will come out eventually. But again, like there's always an issue and we call it our problem child. Nikki's like, don't say that. But like our powder was never, it's been. Our powder has been so. Such an issue. So difficult. Just like formulation, packaging, yeah, everything. And it's our number one skill. <laughs> and even when. Even when we were going through it, I would, I told Sarah, I was like, at one point she's I, like, I'm not doing powder. No, I said, I was like, I, this powder is giving me like, but I was like, just watch because this is so annoying. This is going to be our number one. one selling thing. And it is. I mean, Sephora only put it in, I mean, not only, but we were like, these are the three that are going to like really need to be in store and hit. And like, of course, the one that's only online <laughs> is our top selling skew. But I think. Like what this all means to us is just like, really like, I don't know. I feel so calm about all of it and I would never change anything because it's just like, it feels, this is just the beginning. And, and like, it's, it's, it's like you guys, we are all in the same 
journey where we, it's good to have all these things now so we can build more robust systems, we can perfect, but it's good to realize in all of it, we can't control these things, but at least we can control our actions. And our actions are, we don't want to deliver something that's not going to be great. We need to spot it and fix it, not spot it and f- get some money and see how it works. You know, like, so everything you're saying is avid beauty customers will be listening and being like oh my god like thank you for doing that like you know you're putting in the effort and i'm sorry for your bottom line i'm sorry for your stress right but generally for us you're making sure you're delivering the best and and i think also for you guys you're going to have continued issues with the the fact that you're in an spf world in and generally speaking i can having had many sp um like guests that have had spf brands it's one of those things what i've heard like if a lab gets an SPF brief, they run the other way yeah. because it's just one of the hardest industries and you're doing it in a very innovative way. So, um, but the best thing is, is it's, you know, everyone knows it's one of the most needed. So I think um, it's just going to set you up for success later by having- I always say, I'm like, we made it to the start now. line. <laughs> now we have to just like exactly. keep yeah. it going. And you're going to yeah. be carrying the, the flame for many to come. And I think you're going to make it easier for many to come because you're probably the first going to lab saying, I need this and this and this. And they're like, oh my God, okay. I think my personality is like, if I'm not innovating, I don't want to do it. Right. You know, I think exactly. it's just, it's, I guess what like gets me ticking and gets me excited is like, I really love that innovation and I love creating and mm-hmm. I wouldn't have it any other way because otherwise I would probably yeah. be bored and I wouldn't want to do yeah, it. This is not boring. Yeah. We have yeah. a product no. now that's being, so we, everything has to be separately tested, right? For the SPF. Yeah. It takes a long time. It's not, it's not as quick as, you know, doing other products no. because like it came back and it, we, we are adamant about having to hit a minimum of SPF 30 and it's, it came in too low. So now it's like back to the drawing board. Yeah, so for, <laughs> for cadence, it's a little harder because we can't just be like, okay, we're going to launch this in August. Like it has to hit the, the proper, like all it's the things. OTC, so. Yeah. So that, 100%. and then on top of it, I think the irony is like, I'm doing these SPF formulas, but I'm also doing everything with, um, no pore cloggers and acne safe. And so, and clean at Sephora. And <laughs> yeah, that's SPF is just one part really, right? Yeah. There's hundred other parts. Yeah. It has to have value as well. You have to, I want to, yeah, make sure people realize that yeah. it's just one part. SPF. Yeah. And so that's also a, a challenge for the chemist, but it's all about your relationship with the chemist and really having those conversations and spending time with them because they're like my wizard of Oz. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't exist without them. And so um, when we had an issue with the stick, th- with the thing, I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to put Nikki on the plane out to the lab tomorrow. Yeah. And like, and they were like, okay, we have her lab coat and I'm not kidding. <laughs> and one of the women that works for the lab was like, oh, you can stay in my guest room. Like, you know, bring the cats, like whatever. Like we you really, really yeah. have these, ins- but it's true. Like she, I love it. It really is. It's not like for posing. Like she is with her lab coat. Like, let me see all this stuff. Let me do it. I, I can. <laughs> but I, well, the way that you guys are explaining how you built it, like I can hundred percent see how like, um, you have like this whole, like stakeholder relationships super closely intertwined, which is so lovely to see. And also it is important when you were explaining your previous relationships, because I can also relate at the beginning of, it's important to go through sometimes those uncomfortable ones where you have to realize who to trust, who not to trust, how to undertwine stuff. And we had the same where we used initially a, um, a 
pa- partial turnkey and then I quickly realized this is going to be a problem later. Yep. Ownership, you know, yep. and it was things where you're like, hey, I just want to know, like, what's that supply? And they're like, oh, we'll let you know, but, you know, we can't. And I'm like, okay, that's not a relationship. I don't like this. Like, I, this is not what I signed up for. Like, I don't know what you're doing then. I need to know. So let's quickly get out of it. And then it's uncomfortable because you're like spending more money and everything. But how do we know it? At the beginning, you, you kind of, you don't, you're starting it. You, you, you need those people to like help you a little bit. But they, and, and I get it. They have businesses too. So I'm not like hating on that, but it's more like you need to go through those iterations and creating it to know what you want to create. And some people, honestly, some founders, they just want to have the founder side and don't want to be in the nitty gritty and have that stakeholder to say, look, I'll build it with you. You do all of that. I don't want to see ops and product and anything. I just want to be the founder. I think when you prioritize innovation as a founder, like you guys, you need to be involved because otherwise it won't, you can't innovate otherwise without your, yeah, without seeing everything. Yeah. Exactly. And that's it. So when we let go of that other lab, we also realize, wait, we actually, because they take care of everything, they help ship everything. So we were like, wait, oh, yeah. we get everything, like our components from you know, everything is our formulas are in the US, but like our components are coming from overseas. And so that was a whole other like thing. And we're what at everything, but it's amazing. Like, yeah. The people that you realize the network you have, my, my cousin actually owns like an amazing freight forwarding service in Missouri. She's, and so we've been using them from the get-go, but it's like, we're watching the boat. <laughs> we're like, yes. what? Nikki and I literally, tra- we have the app and we're tracking our boat and stuff. And I'm like, this is insane. <laughs> I know. I, I, I think it, it gives you a, a real, like, I have so much respect for people that make products. And I think I look at everything so differently now because like, yeah. I, I was in Asia and I was watching our glass bottles being made and like, from shooting down from like, like the, hot the hot glass and watching it go through this everything. And I was like, how, like everything that we touch has been made from, you know, and it really kind of gives you a, a point of view on, on respecting the things that you buy or the things that you use or how you take care of things. Because I was just like, wow, like, yeah, this, yeah. It's pretty wild. Like the journey of, of, of the a product, a journey the of a product <laughs> is just like, you know, it's been so many places before it lands. And, and it's helped a lot of people in their lives in terms of, you know, funding yes. work yeah, and yeah. stuff. It, there is a lot of beauty. I, I was recently at this plastic summit and I was learning a lot about just generally sustainability, circularity. Oh, and yeah. it was interesting, like a lot of it is us, right? Like we are responsible for 90% of like the, I guess you could say a product's life Um, and and it's our job. But then there is still a bunch of how as a consumer, we we have to like work as consumers and anyone listening on how we can also do our part too. Like um, not just the brand, because like there was a statement which I loved, which was like, we are are getting really good in the kitchen, but we're not very good in the bathroom. Meaning when do we have in our bathrooms the different recycling bins, right? We put the razor in the same bin as the glass packaging and the same as this. And like, this is the issue with plastic. And I can tell you like, I have plastic in our products, right? Whether it's PCR recyclable, it's still plastic and it's very hard colored plastic to recycle. Um, And this is because Paper and aluminium is very easily efficient in the recyclability, but not plastic. But then you have certain legalities. Like I can't have a plastic, well, I can't have glass in my shower for a shampoo. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just not allowed. So, and then you have a retailer who's like more ethical, like, like, uh, look. So even Sephora would be like, we love your gender, but like at the same time, like 
you could have a commerciality, like, you know, secondary packaging allows it not to be tampered in and this and this. And so it's so hard to like be responsible in every stage. So we're all on this journey, right? Yeah. Where we can afford it, where we can be it. But at the same time, there is so much we can do as, as, as brand founders to educate our consumers now to act responsibly. Mm-hmm. So I encourage everyone listening, just like think about all the products you have and how you dispose of it and use it. It's very important today, I think. And it's not easy. Like you do, you have to rinse the glass bottle for our, for our blush. You, you're going to need to use a scissor and cut off, but that little extra yeah. step. Like- but I, I love that you guys do that. Like on your website, you got, I remember seeing, which is why I'm saying this, is you guys are educating. You said like remove the mesh, use scissors. Like you said how to recycle. And, and I can tell you like I haven't even done that. I was like, okay, I need to do that on my website. So, so thanks for that. But, so, yeah. Everything, right? Education is what gets people to like feel confident enough to do it. Even with like putting makeup on, you know, the education. (laughs) Well, no, so so I know know we we, we talked about a lot of different topics, but I do want to talk uh, before we start wrapping up into um, fire round and stuff about first um, distribution. I know you guys are currently in Sephora and I mean, I'm not trying to like put more in your plate because Sephora is already a beast in itself, but uh, you will have a lot of consumers internationally seeing CL and being like, I want in my country, like, do you have plans for global expansion on the horizon? We're EU certified. So on our own D2C, we ship to the EU. Um, currently, we are just, we have a two-year exclusive for with North America for Sephora. But definitely plans. Like we want every, we want it in everybody's hands. So it's on, it's it's in the plan. Yeah. And unfortunately for... Um, SPF, it's a lot. It's it's harder. For, it's hard. for example, we, we explored going into Sephora Canada but the regulations in Canada, actually, you can't have Much. SPF on the packaging. So we would have to produce like two different brands. Yeah. So we would have to produce yeah. brand, a whole new set of packaging. And do not do that right now yeah. because you don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not smart to do it now. Else at dinner that's a brand for, and they were like, don't go into Canada. I know, but it sucks because I have so many Canadian followers. No, I will say, I will say like on the other end, like Canada has been one of the best markets for us. And like, just like, not only is Sephora Canada, like the best retailer to work with, but just generally speaking, it is amazing, but do it at the right time because that's the issue. If you do it before you have the bandwidth, the 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 capabilities, the packaging infrastructure, I've seen too many businesses go bankrupt because they open too quickly in a market and not operationally prepared for yeah. demand will be there but even and that's even worse if your demand is there and your operation yeah. not there yeah yeah then what's the point um and north america canada yeah, yeah. your us will already be a lot of work right now <laughs> right and and it's yeah. I, we're grateful that we can ship to the eu i mean obviously again like people don't understand we, we have to charge whatever it costs to have someone ship and they're like your shipping is almost as expensive as a product but it's like we, we we're a small business we bankrupt. yeah like if we yeah if so we're, we're I, I i i will also say i think i think consumers um are quick to sometimes like i even do it i'm like you know we, we quick keyboard warriors when it comes to like but then actually deep inside and, and most know the realities of operating your own business is expensive and there has to be margins made and even even if you offer it for free um you have other issues that like they want it tomorrow like amazon has not That's, caused a lot of issues yeah yeah, and, and and I actually found one interesting. I I found we we offer quite a good like we have distribution centers in like UK and stuff, so we can offer quite localized shipping on Fable now. But the issue I have is even with that, 
Amazon is slightly more profitable with the margins than running my own D2C because I can never with my my 3PLs get a FedEx cost for us cheaper than Amazon. So it's like, where is the future? Maybe the future will be working with the Amazons. And, you know, like, and it's hard to accept, like, D2C is more and more difficult to be profitable. I'm still losing money in my D2C three years in. And if I don't pass some costs back, we won't have a business to run. What do you do on your, do you do something on your D2C to like a gift with purchase or like what sets apart your D2C from like? Definitely. I think the two things that really work for us is is the quiz for more education. Um, You know, like when you consider retailers are limited to certain areas of information i think the quiz has been really effective for us to know what to purchase and and then definitely like relative like discount codes and stuff that give a bit more of an incentive to purchase on our website which we can do um i think the other thing that's worked really well is yeah quite um always on like um trade marketing plans on our website so for example like uh, gwps or get this product free or this mini um consumers love it when it's something not a product so like a mini pouch or something where it's like a branded but then you can't always buy it um that has been really effective but also now i'm noticing that's sort of like the non-negotiable it's becoming they're so used to it so then it's sort of like you have to do that and then what else right i'm like we have a whole other like we have like a swag shop going yeah like we're constantly like like our merch merch, yeah like or swag swag too but i'm like constantly i'm like what can we make like what else can we do we have stuff in our warehouse and we're like we'll put this up in for like what black friday but i'm like we have like that's a whole other business that we have going on over here like oh my god no 100 100 one thing other thing that has worked and i i'm not a consumer that necessarily uses these myself as a as a shopper but i do think our like our point systems work really well like you can get these plugins right that you just plug into your shopify or whatever and then consumers when they shop they get points and then you get really and then if you make a really exciting program for them like a reward program um because i sometimes we do emails we're like triple points this weekend and we actually see increase in sales i'm like people actually want the triple points and it kind of goes down to it's sephora right what's why some people go to sephora for the beauty insider that same thing but you have to offer them in really good incentives it can't just be like you get you have to get like you have to spend a thousand dollars to get something good it's like no if you spend a hundred dollars you might get ten dollars gift yeah. card. Like, that's yeah. pretty exciting right yeah so but but honestly, I will say it sounds so bad. But when you're in a Sephora, your time is so spent building the business with Sephora that you sort of like have this much energy at the end for the rest. So it is hard. It's an opportunity cost. And yeah. right now, I, um, I I need to do a bit of a better job at kind of understanding my own audience and our own data touch points because I spend too long in Sephora stores learning the Sephora consumer. And there is some crossover, but ultimately yeah, I don't own any of that data, right? So I'm going to eventually, if I one day get delisted from Sephora, I should protect my own brand IP as yeah. well. So it's hard to sometimes um, balance it at the beginning. Right. Yeah, but yeah. I can't, stop, but no, so, um, I can't stop staring at your hair. It's so beautiful. I'm yeah. like... Oh. <laughs> Well, Fable, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is, it is. Slash, slash, slash Fable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, but thank you, thank you. Um, so well, last thing is, I know you mentioned uh, future product, there's some, some on the horizon. What are you both most excited about coming up in 2024? It doesn't have to be a product-based thing. It could just be 
you know, just personal goals. I think for both of us, what we're most excited about is is growing our, our team. team. Yeah, yeah, our team is like team. I'm like I, I, that has been, the, I think, the most beautiful thing for us. You know, because we we've done this ourselves for three years, and and we have um, two full time, two full time, two full time, and then we have some you know contract amazing contractors work, that I yeah hope to bring on. Yeah, but I think we we maybe before because we were so used to it just being like. The two of us, us, we were like, how's it going to be to bring more My people in? My husband was always saying, like, I think the hardest thing for you, Nikki, is going to be when you scale and, like, the further. Yeah. Granted, we haven't really scaled yet, so I'll circle back with you and tell you if this is true. But I'm like, I think we like this. What also, I don't think, which I don't need to, like, I didn't answer your question about, like, what I what I do or what I really love to do. And Nikki was talking about makeup. Yeah. But I think I love building things and building teams. Like, uh, my degree, I studied mm. psychology. When I got out of school, I worked for um, a children's museum building their youth programs and, like, hiring the people to do that. And when I was at Hourglass, I built our flagship stores and built the teams out there and that customer experience. And I'm still very close with, like, my team there and everything but um mm. i think that that part of the business is what really it's like your family so yeah i, I think, building oh, that. I I think that. that's been the, the most joyous part is is bringing on you know kind of green or or like some of our employees have never worked in beauty and you know what like my my designer never designed before I I found her she was doing lymphatic massage on me and I just listening to her story of how she ended up in LA I was like I related because I was like oh this girl is is brave and she'll try and and and, um I was I was like I want you to come work for me and I've trained her you know to have an eye like she has an eye but I've trained her she's doing our packaging now and she's doing you know, she did our website and, but it also comes from the side that she is willing to watch the YouTube tutorials or learn and, and take yeah, the time in the work. to do it. Uh, and also, and come up with something probably not being seen in the industry because they come from a different space where they're looking inwards and not like left and right, right? They can come up with new creative ways. So we have somebody that worked for us at Rowan and I love her yeah. because when she came to us from Rowan, she's was in marketing and she had worked at agencies and stuff, but beauty was totally new to her. And when we left, she stayed on for a little bit as she should, like nobody should quit their job. (laughs) And she was there. And then she worked, I think she ended up sticking with like two other beauty brands after that. And now she's with us again. Thank you. Thank God. She's she's like our, uh, she's, She's, she's my like, boss. She's like, she's you're doing boss. this, you're yeah. doing that. But it's like yeah, yeah. seeing her journey through like the beauty industry from the earlier days and like back with us is like really cool. Yeah. But that's also a testament to you guys, right? It's like if people are willing to follow you for whatever you create, it just shows, again, goes back to your, your point, um, Sarah, with, with the, like leadership. Yeah. It, it shows you guys have that at your heart um, because that it's one of the most important things in a company that often is overlooked because people um well corporate world train it on people are replaceable you often hear like everyone is replaceable it's the product it's the business and actually you're like 
absolutely not. Like the biggest backbone, the heartbeat of the brand are the people. They're the only living thing really yeah. in this business. So, yeah. so how can I create something without the heartbeat? Um, and there's many heartbeats, but you have to make sure that the heartbeats are nurtured, are fed. And, and also it's okay if, if the, the ship you're on is not right for them, you help them move to the next yeah. and you, you, you know, and then eventually they might, they might even come back when it's ready. Yeah. But one tip I would, I would say, um, having like started with like exactly that you guys and me and my sister were doing it all with my, my intern first at Dior, she came and she quit Dior to start, left Paris to start working with me. And now she's our, my chief of staff. Like it was just us three at the beginning for a year, pretty much. And I remember when I started hiring people, it sounds a bit like a rogue thing to say, but it's an important thing. Don't give too big titles too quickly on. Yes. No. And, and you'd want to, like with your heart, you'd be like, I can't give you the big salary, but I'll give you, you'll be the CMO at 25 and go for it. Cause our business is this and it's okay. Like, and trust me, I, it will bite you back later, even on them, because it will be hard for them to find the next role if they have to move on because they'll have to take a cut or they will not. It, so I really think that's one thing I would just say as you scale your family is it's okay to like, um, start like, you know, like, like it's like, don't adopt them at five, 10 years old. Yeah. Don't adopt them at 10 months old and then let them grow with you. You know, I, yeah. agree. I really agree yeah. with that. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. the person realistically probably wouldn't be the vice president of marketing or whatever. Yeah. Somebody else is going to have to come in that can be that person in the business. And I think, and another advice I'm sure you'd fully agree as well is, and this is more for not you guys, but more people listening, I say it, but it's just like, don't, as if you have like, especially two co-founders, like I mean, my sister, you have you guys, um, it can be quite sometimes uh, tempting to hire like a president, CEO, of the very senior people. But often like I've hired like three that didn't work out um, because I wasn't prepared for either letting go or they were trying to push me away to let them run the ship. And I think I surprised myself and you guys have done this, right? Like where I'm like, I, I want to learn everything. Like I want to know how everything works, but to like, I can actually do a lot and yes. have the energy as and I didn't, and I can then not pay a lot also out of the PL because because I don't have to have those talents. So it is like you know building it with you guys are doing it perfectly. That's I'm not it's not for you guys. You know, have the right people that are believing in the product, the brand, believing in you guys, working so hard night and day to build what you do, and then you build them together. But I think some people hire too quickly some senior talent, and then it can you kind of lose your own yeah, voice, right? But um, I'm going to end with some fire round questions and I'll leave you guys to it because I know you have a business to run and, and I don't want to. Actually, we want to hang out with you yeah. all day. This is so yeah, fun. You- I know, I know. I mean, we're going to be doing that, but maybe off uh, recording environment yes. <laughs> so we can <laughs> and with an uh, Aperol and margarita in our hands. But um, um, <laughs> so um, but my first question and you guys can answer either way. Um, so the first uh, first question for any, either one of you is um, what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving right now? Okay. I, I do. I love my hourglass palettes. They're easy to use and like I they're always in my makeup bag. Mine is Allies of Skin is like my yeah. skincare obsession. Like love and also love, love that founder as well, Nick. Yeah, he's a, and PSA is both the brands yeah, that he's created. It's just so good. Yeah, it's me. I, I, I often like will get these weird panic attacks where I'm like, what if Allies of Skin <laughs> didn't exist? Like, what would I do? <laughs> like, I am such a, a yeah, avid. She has so much of like, you hoard the product. It's I okay. hoard it. I'm very years. generous, <laughs> except for with my Allies of Skin. I'm like, no one can have it. <laughs> I love that. Oh. Yeah. 
that's that's a, yeah it's good to know when you have a product that you're like yeah i would i need it for if not then like you should get the own the formula and continue to create it just for your own stuff, exactly, exactly. Uh, in the future yeah. <laughs> uh, my next question is what or where is your happy place surfing or climbing Hanging out with my family too, of course. <laughs> no, no, no. I like the, the the first answer is always the right. It's always the daughter. <laughs> okay, how about surfing and climbing with your family? That that yes, works, right? Yeah. Which I do yeah. all the time. Like okay. that. My happy place is in the south of Italy, Amalfi Coast. Aperol spritz and oh. olives in hand. Like that's my happy place. Yeah, yeah. That is that is the dream. That is a dream. Yeah. Um, next question is, what is your hidden or maybe not so hidden talent? Well, Sari can well, do pull-ups. I actually think both <laughs> of us, we can, like, we manifest stuff. Yeah. I know that's that we really like, we just did it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we have a, we have to be careful what we say and think. Like out loud. It, 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 it comes. It will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially if you have both your energies, it will be like it will be sped up, right? So you got to both like sometimes have your moments apart and then say we can't be together when we manifest. Yeah, I'm like, don't say that out loud. She's like, don't say it out loud. Yeah. Okay. And then I'm like, stop thinking. Uh, I love that. Um, My last question is: If you weren't in the beauty industry, beauty entrepreneur, what would you both be doing right now? I would. I would own a bakery. But well, no, I wouldn't own a bakery where you go and get like a chocolate chip cookie. I love sculpting yeah. cakes. So I would be like on Cake Boss or... If you look at my... She makes yeah. all of my daughter's birthday, birthday cakes. cakes in there. And oh like, my God. I think I'm spending like $1,000 on this kid's it's birthday. Just a, it's a Nikki. Yeah. It's, a, it's your special I one. would do that. But also, <laughs> and this is part of my manifesting, I w- would be a sports broadcaster as well. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah. No, um, that's what I, yeah. that's my retirement plan. I'm going to be on the sidelines yeah. of the NFL games, uh, talk and shop. Oh, I love. Yeah, I think. Terry, how about you? I would say like surfing or climbing, but that's my like separate thing. I would be um, a therapist, but like a private practice. Mm-hmm. Probably still. I used yeah. to work with teens. I don't unfortunately have as much empathy for adults. I'm getting there. No, she's my therapist. <laughs> yes. so, uh, I get free therapy. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I probably have like a private therapy practice. Oh, that's so cool. But guys, it's been such a pleasure to to catch up on all about um all you're doing. And it, I'm I'm you know, I'm, I'm hoping if I have the energy to keep this podcast for a couple more years, we'll redo this oh in a year or two's time. And then we'll see uh we'll see what we'll and then we'll compare we'll compare notes. Because I actually had one um Peter Lily, I had the founder on like for uh like a year. It's my only episode I've had where I've repeated like the founder. And it was so interesting because when I asked her the nutshell question, she was like I don't know what I answered the first. And I was like, yeah, I'd be curious to see how you consider yourself in a nutshell in two years time difference, you know? Um, but I'm curious to see how everything grows in the next years. But I, I'm going to be a huge fan supporting you guys on the journey. But for those that want to continue doing the same, but virtually, where can they follow you guys on social media? Well, <laughs> my thousand followers might grow. <laughs> um, I'm Sari F, C-E-R-R-E-F. And, and at Nikki Derus on instagram amazing follow cl cosmetics follow, CL cosmetics, yeah. it, follow us on tiktok please we're working on tiktok sure. that's a whole other thing but we'll be doing a lot more on tiktok exactly next big thing and how many doors are you guys in in sephora right now 270 wow guys that's insane <laughs> uh i mean 
Well done. But like, uh, I'm going to make sure I put all the links in the summary so people can just tap straight away. And I'm excited to to have an Aperol. Maybe not South, South of Italy will be in summer. So let's not wait that long. I'll come over beforehand and we'll, we'll catch up in person super soon. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.